0: Today on episode number 490 of the school of podcasting's morning announcements, I've got 11 tips for creating your call to action. I'm going to give you my insights into the crowdfunding platform from Podbean. We've got a podcast rewind and a really cool because of my podcast story.
1: Hit it, ladies. The school of podcasting with Dave Jackson
0: podcasting since 2005 I'm your very own personal podcast coach Dave Jackson thanking you so much for tuning in if you're new to the show welcome aboard here's the deal we talk about all things podcasting I help you uh, massage your message I help you tackle the technology I help you face your fears and flatten that learning curve that's it you just punch it right in the face and uh, get you on your way to pain-free podcasting. And if you are listening to this on Monday, today is the last day for the Black Friday sale for the School of Podcasting. If you're a member of the newsletter, you've heard about this. And uh, that is, it's $100 off that first month. Check it out. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com right now. And uh, I don't normally pimp this that hard. I I gave you a, a... uh, episode about that, so we'll leave it at that. But uh, today, one of the what we're going to talk about here is um, I, I always mention how I, I like to start off with kind of a because of my podcast story, and we have a really cool one today. I think I've actually played this once before. I was looking at this. Uh, Jeff Steinman does the How to Quit Working podcast, not as like how to be like a just sit on the couch and eat bonbons all day. But uh, check this out. It's a, a really, Jeff hits everything. Of, of when I say these are the benefits of podcasting, Jeff hits a lot of them in one message.
1: Hello, this is Jeff Steinman, and I'm here to answer the question today of because of my podcast, what has happened? And uh, I like to call myself kind of like an accidental podcaster. I never set out and said, I want to be a podcaster. I want to do a podcast. What happened for me was I actually wrote my book called How to Quit Working it came out about two years ago in April of 2013. And I knew that I needed to do something to market and promote the book. And I said, okay, well, what are all the different things I could do? And I started putting a lot of different things in place. And I think as as many folks do, when they, when they get into marketing business type stuff, they, they tend to try a lot of different things. And I guess that's good because you learn a lot and you get to experiment with different things. But what we tend to not do is we don't tend to follow through with all of the things that we try and that we start to do.
0: I know I am guilty as charged on that one. And I think Jeff says he is, too.
1: And I was certainly no different. What I did was I tried a lot of different things, and podcasting was one of them. I I decided that I wanted to do a weekly podcast, and I thought that I would interview people who had started successful businesses, which is what my book is about. Oh, and by the way, you know, I, I said that I started podcasting as one of many things that I was doing to promote my book. Well, my podcast and book have really turned into a much larger business now. And the podcast is driving a, a, a majority of the traffic. It probably drives 60 to 70 percent of our business and the remaining business that isn't directly driven by the podcast. Folks listen to the podcast, even if they're not directly, they don't directly discover how to quit working through the podcast. They listen to the podcast, which further uh, creates more affinity for the for the brand and gets them to know me and know uh, our coaching program and what we're all about.
0: It's the old no like and trust factor that I talk about. I actually had a a coaching call this week that somebody called up, said, you're the guy I need to talk to. I've listened to your podcast. I know what you're talking about. I don't, I I won't say it's the end of cold calling, but it's nice to have people. It's weird in a way because they call you up and quote you to you. That's not the weird part, although it sounds a little weird. The weird part is I don't remember saying that. (laughs)
1: Let's go back to Jeff. So it's huge. It's absolutely huge. I hate to think what would happen to How to Quit Working if we didn't have the podcast. So it's really become the centerpiece of of the brand. So, but back to a couple of the other things that that I have gotten out of podcasting is the, one of them that, that I, I was not expecting at all was I've gotten really good at interviewing people, and there really is an art to interviewing uh, and and an art to drawing the information out of the guest that you want to get from the guest. An art to making the guest feel comfortable. Uh, there's an art to the way you respond to the things that they say. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a, a skill that I never even really thought about before I started doing the podcast. I just said, okay, well, I'm doing a podcast. And I, the first couple of episodes, I wrote down 10 questions and I just ran through the 10 questions that I asked each guest. And after that, I found that I could create a much better interview if I just relaxed, threw away the list of questions and just sort of let them flow. And I still have a couple of stock questions that I will go back to occasionally. And that's kind of if maybe the flow isn't going kind of how I want, I can kind of use those, those, uh, kind of like training wheels questions as, as a, um, something to just grab onto that I can always go to. It's like a go to kind of a thing.
0: Okay. And I want to pause this here. Notice, what we just heard. Jeff started off in one direction and then later said, Oh, you know what? That's not working. I'm going to tweak it and found a better way to do it. He didn't wait till he was perfect. He also didn't realize that interviewing is a skill. He wouldn't have known any of this except he started, he launched. You can't improve what you don't launch.
1: As I mentioned, it's driven business. It, it it has become uh really the primary centerpiece of uh the how to quit working business and uh d- just really surprised me that, that this thing that was supposed to just be one of many things that I was doing has really become uh, the, the this whole centerpiece of the business so uh, when when folks come to us whether they're looking for help or products or services or buyers of the book or whatever it may be when we hear from folks what we hear from them is that yeah we know who you are we know about how to quit working from listening to the show because we've been listening to you there we have listeners that have been listening since day day one, which, um, is, is really cool, but it's gotten folks to know who we are and feel like they know us. I've had, uh, listeners who were coming through St. Louis and we've gone out and got a beer and it's been, it's been a lot of fun to kind of get to know people who have gotten to know me over the years. And, uh, so it's been a lot of fun and it's been a great business driver. Uh, but I would have to say the number one thing that I have gotten out of podcasts is Podcasting is the real
0: oh, I didn't cut him off short enough. I want to say something here that what if you're not selling a book? what if you're not promoting a product? What if you're not doing this for a business? What if you're doing this for a hobby and this is what Jeff is saying. the number one thing that he's gotten from podcasting is the
1: Relationships.
0: relationships. I've built
1: some amazing relationships with some really cool people. I've gotten the chance to interview people like Brian Scudamore, the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, uh, Debbie Travis of The Painted House and uh, of kind of the HGTV fame, and uh, Dan Pena, who's a uh, very successful entrepreneur from California who now lives in Scotland. And, uh, and that's just that's just sort of the tip of the iceberg, just really have gotten to meet a lot of really great people. And while those are some of the more well-known people that I've spoken to, really, I think some of the more uh, rewarding things has been the lesser well-known people that I've gotten to know, because obviously when you have a podcast, if it's interview based, you're going to interview people on a topic that you're interested in. So
0: just to, to interrupt him here again. Because I I realize this is a little longer than we usually have for, how you know, if you want to be on the show, just answer that question because of my podcast blank. And so we're hearing that Jeff has developed interview skills that he didn't have before. Um, He's getting to talk to people that he normally maybe wouldn't get to talk to. He's driving business to his consulting business. So these are all great reasons to start a podcast. And again, Relationships relationships, relationships, it doesn't matter if you have a, a company or not. Relationships are always a great way to get
1: paid. And uh, I, w- I would consider a handful of the folks that I've interviewed to be friends. We've gone yeah. on to stay in touch and uh, help each other in our businesses. And, you know, just from a strategic standpoint, when I need help with something, for example, last uh, it was last summer, uh, my book, How to Quit Working on Amazon was getting really close to hitting number one in the job hunting and careers category. And I said, Oh wow, this is a great opportunity. So I fired off a couple of emails to former guests that had been on the show that I had maintained relationships with. You can't do this with just anybody. You have to, you have to maintain the relationship and you have to keep in touch. But because I had done that and because I had developed and nurtured these relationships, there was a, a, large number of people from the show who were willing to uh, post to their social media, to email to their lists and to otherwise uh, maybe mention on their podcast, but otherwise help me to get the word out about uh, my my book and help me get it successfully to number one on Amazon in the job hunting and careers category. So that was really cool. I think that relationships by, sh- by far are the number one thing that I have gotten out of podcasting, but definitely it's been great for business. Uh, it's been a great skill to develop uh, learning how uh, to interview people. You know, and I think uh, there's a lot of uh, technical stuff that you have to learn, but I think uh, there's great resources out there to help you do that. And uh, it certainly is something that has been worth it for me and that I highly recommend to anybody who's thinking about doing it.
0: Thank you, Jeff. And you can find him over at howtoquitworking.com. There's a great domain name. And uh, speaking of, of friends and, and relationships, um, my buddy Stargate Pioneer, you can find him at gunageek.com actually volunteered I, uh, if you're a new listener last week I moved into a new apartment and um, he volunteered to drive four hours to come help me and I said you know what deeply deeply moved that he would be willing to do that and um, but this is the kind of relationships that you can build with people and speaking of relationships I was going to play this later in the show let's do it now in case you missed it it's time for a podcast rewind. Some of my favorite people on the planet uh go by the name of Ray Ortega and Daniel J. Lewis. Uh we do a podcast together. It's Ray's show, and uh he's nice enough to let uh, Ray from Podcaster Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast And uh together, um <laughs> we've been called the tripods. I've I've we've had many nicknames, and uh We do a show called PodcastersRoundtable.com. It's not so much a how-to show, but we talk about different uh, strategies, different things facing different podcasters, and we were joined by Scott Roberts, uh, Hall of Fame podcaster Todd Cochran, uh, Dan Quick, uh, who you may know as the Polycast, uh, to discuss the various ways that podcasters have conversations with their audience, and here's a a quick one-minute clip from that show. Todd alluded to this earlier. I make a bad habit of asking for stuff at the end of the show. And we've heard, isn't that where you're the, the audience that is most likely to do it is at the end of the show. Is that, is that not true? Uh, it's true, but But, I also, yeah, I'm like, in some cases, a few dropped off that might have responded, but they got bored in the interview. Hopefully not, but it happens. And, uh, So I I am now, if I really want engagement, I actually put it in both places. Like one week I'll put it at the beginning, next week I'll put it at the end. I always treat podcasting like church. They say if you want your message to get out to everyone in your church, you have to say it three weeks in a row. Right, and we we see that with advertising, right, Todd? It's
1: like seven times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on my show, I ask them four times. There's four places, four segments on my show I ask them to email or make a comment.
0: Yeah, but it's um, quick, it's bam, it's in and out. I don't waste any time. It's like, oh, hey, what do you think of that? at
1: gmail.com. Then it move on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Find that over at podcastersroundtable.com. I'll have links to everything I talked about today at schoolpodcastingcom slash 490. And speaking of interacting with your audience, that's today's main topic, which is your podcast call to action. Now, you know, we love our audience. We, we want to connect. We want to take them um, and, and into kind of a, a, a deeper level of engagement. And we want them to take actions many times. And these might include things like subscribe. Um, we want you to rate the show. We want you to review it. We want you to follow us on social media. We want you to join an email list. We want you to, to buy products in some cases. We want you to shop at Amazon. I mean, that's just a few. There are all these things that we want our audience to to do. And so we're going to talk today about a call to action. And the buzz phrase for this is CTA. I want to do a CTA. And your call to action is going to be unique to you. There is no kind of one size fits all. I mean, we all have different needs. We all have different motives. And there's no like this is, you know, your call to action should be this because your goal of your podcast is might be different completely from from mine. And but in the end no matter what your call to action is, you need to stop and think what is the goal of this podcast? What is it? Now, my goal of this podcast is to get you to sign up at the school of podcasting, to demonstrate my podcast knowledge to just like Jeff was talking about, develop that relationship Hopefully you know like and trust me. And then hopefully you join the school of podcasting and we start to hear your because of my podcast story on a future episode. That's the goal of this show. Well, then whatever your goal is, you need to figure out the road ma- the, uh, the roadmap to get your audience from basically point A to point B. And now if you're like, "But Dave, I'm just I'm just in it for fun. This is just a hobby thing for me." That's cool. It really is. I I know we talk a lot about business and we're talking about calls to action, but this applies to the hobby podcaster as well. You probably still want people to tell their friends. You still want them to subscribe to your show. That's a call to action. So as I said, the goal of this show is to drive business to the School of Podcasting membership site while delivering value along the way. That is not a, hey, I'll deliver value if you join the School of Podcasting. No, I deliver value... And it's kind of like a free sample. It, you know, when you go in on Saturdays to the grocery store and you always sit there and you, you try to not look like a complete weasel as you go back for like thirds from the, you know, chicken cube woman, it's like, wow, that's really good. And then you go have your kids get one and bring it back. No, no, don't eat that. That's, that's daddy's, right? Um, and so that's my goal. Now, this may be the first time you've actually listened to my show or been on my website and That seems a little bit forward, don't you think? Hi, nice to meet you. Give me your money. It just doesn't really, you know, you don't ask someone to marry you on the first date. Hey, I really like your eyes. Want to get hitched? So you might not want to try to close the deal on the first contact with your audience. I mean, the cool thing is, if you want to, it's fine. It's your podcast. You can do whatever you want. And, but typically for me, you want to ask someone, Um, to marry you after you've developed that relationship. But here's something else you might want to think about. You might be, uh, it might be less intimidating instead of saying, hey, subscribe to my podcast to say, join my email list. Uh, And from there, you can have another opportunity again to provide value that you're always going to have an opportunity to serve your audience. Anytime you're asking them to do something, that is an opportunity to serve them. So you want to figure out where you want to go and figure out how you're going to get there. Now that sounds easy, but you might find it difficult. And really the bottom line is you need a plan. You need a roadmap of some way of getting them. So here are some tips I have for creating a call to action. I went out and searched a bunch of, on this topic, and so step one again, you need to figure out what your audience. What do you want them to do? And it can't be three things. You can't have three number one priorities. Now, for the record, I am horrible at this. I, I, I and I think most of us are horrible. It's you know, go to my website, subscribe on iTunes, join the School of Podcasting, use this coupon. There's all sorts of things that I, and and for me, I'm just going to throw in one more thing. And so by the time you throw in one more thing, seven times, they can't remember any of them. So try to figure out one call to action and then be clear and concise. Don't ramble, just subscribe to the podcast. And that's not really clear to some people because you have to remember there are a lot of people getting into podcasting for the first time. Uh, But we heard in that clip from the Podcasters Roundtable, yes, you want to be clear and concise, but you're probably going to have to repeat it. And in the future, I'm going to be dissecting a show that has more audience interaction than any show I've ever heard ever, hands down. And I'm going to go through like second by second and dissect what is going on with this show. Wait till you hear this because I just listened to the last episode and it's, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to come back to hear it. But it's phenomenal what this person does. And again, I always say find something that you like and reverse engineer it. And as I reverse engineer this show, it's brilliant. It really is. So figure out what you want your audience to do. Be clear and concise. Be repetitive if necessary. And then here's the other one tell them how. So if I say subscribe to iTunes, you might be one of those people that go, okay. What is that? How do I do that? We know how to subscribe to iTunes because we're podcasters and chances are you probably found this in the iPhone app or something of that nature, but you, you may know how to do this, but your audience may not. So you're going to need to tell them how, when I interviewed Glenn, the geek, he had directions, step-by-step directions on how to subscribe to his show. And it was all over the place. You have to tell them how. You can't just say, subscribe in iTunes. That's not clear and concise. You need to tell them how. So, And and if you didn't listen to Glenn the Geek, uh, he is uh, the most shared post I've had, and Glenn is making a living talking about horses on the show, on his show. So I'll put a link to that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 490. So tell them how. Then the other one, make it easy for them to do whatever it is you just ask them to do and don't make them hunting for buttons. Don't say search for me in iTunes. No, make it super easy or my favorite. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's easy. It's, uh, just bit.ly.xkm. uh, bingo. Sure. Did you get that? No, you got to make it easy. And when you think it's easy, uh, make it one step easier when your aunt can do it. You're good to go. So be clear, concise, repeat yourself if necessary, tell them how to do it and then make it easy. Now here's the other one. And this is where we all just stink. Eliminate competitive calls to action. So I want you to call in. It's 888-563-3228. Or you can use the speak pipe or you can email me. So what do you do in a case like that? When you want them to do multiple, I'm not sure what they want to do. I just, I just want contact talk to me, please. Right? Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. You can take one page that has your email and your voicemail. If you want voicemail, check out podcastvoicemail.com. Uh, you can have your speak pipe. All those tools that allow people to communicate with you, you give them one call to action. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. So make it easy and eliminate all the different calls to actions. And and again, that kind of goes back to the first one, figure out what you want them to do. But on the page you're sending them to, you might want to think about getting rid of some of the clutter. So on that page of contact, maybe for me, I don't want to sign up here for the School of Podcasting button because I want them to focus on what? Contacting me because that's what I want them to do if I send them to that page. Now, the other thing you got to do if you want anybody to do anything for you, is you gotta explain what's in it for them. What is in it for them? How are you gonna benefit? Because after all, who doesn't want to benefit? So and and I hear so many podcasters, and I was thinking about this as I was working on this, go, hey, if you subscribe to the podcast, you know, it really helps me go up the charts. You know, and it helps us get found. Okay, that's how I benefit. How do you benefit? And on one hand, if you're delivering value, you're can you kind of pulling on the strings of the law of reciprocity, which is, hey, I've done something nice for you. Why don't you do something nice for me and subscribe to the show? I get that. But in theory, we should be explaining to them how it's going to benefit them. Never miss another episode. If you want to never miss another episode, it's free. You can go to... And in my case, I just send people to learntosubscribe.com and feel free to send your fans there and just tell them to search for your show, not mine. But I have a tutorial that shows people how to subscribe to the show in the podcast app. But you need to explain to them how they're gonna benefit. It doesn't cost you a thing. And that would be the next step. Explain exactly what will happen. So, hey, if you never wanna miss another episode, it's right there on your phone. Just subscribe to the show. If you're not sure how go over to learn subscribe.com and it's great in the future. When I put out a future episode, it'll just automatically go right to your phone. You can just click on it and listen to it right there. And the other thing you, if you can work this in explain why they need to do this now. So for me, I could say something like, Hey, coming in the future, we've got the, the last episode of the, the year. We're going to have our special My Favorite Podcast episode is, if you don't want to miss that, and don't miss out, I'm going to be dissecting the the podcast that has the most crowd interaction of any other podcast I've ever heard. If you don't want to miss that, you need to subscribe now so that you'll get that as soon as it comes out. Explain what's going to happen, and if you can add a sense of urgency, that helps. Now, the other thing you might want to do is remove the fear. So try to avoid words that might seem a little bit too much of a commitment, right? If we go back to the analogy of, hey, nice to meet you. Want to get hitched? Uh, so let's look at this from a: um, if you were doing a, um, a product, right? Buy now versus add to cart. Which one sounds a little less committal, right? Buy now, I'm buying something versus add to cart. I'm not buying it. I'm just adding it to my cart. And that's the whole thing. We want to baby step people. So maybe we should be asking people instead of subscribing to the podcast and I'm throwing this out there. What do you think? Maybe we should say, Hey, if you'd like to get the back catalog and have the newest episode show up automatically on your phone, right? Doesn't sound subscribe to me. When I hear subscribe, the word magazine pops in my head. That's what I've subscribed to growing up was magazines. And so, and magazines weren't free. And so we have to remove the fear. So you might want to explain to people, hey, it's free. And if you ever want to unsubscribe from the podcast, it's super easy. Just go in, swipe right, and press delete. Remove any fear. Because again, as podcasting continues to grow and grow and grow, and as new listeners come on, this is new to them. And new things on the internet are a little freaky, a little scary sometimes. Then the other thing you can do, whatever your call to action is, Everything I read mentioned this, and that is placing it, again, the same call to action in more than one place. In most cases, they were saying, do it once above the fold and once at the bottom. Now, above the fold means on a website, means you don't have to scroll to see it. And the other one near the bottom of your show notes or the bottom of the post. And you're like, well, wait, why, Dave, if I put the call to action at the top of the post, isn't that kind of, again asking for a commitment before they've had a chance to consume my content? And I would say, yeah, but then I thought about that. If somebody goes back to your site and they go, you know what? I do want to subscribe. That one at the top is for the person who doesn't want to search for it at the bottom. So I'm a little, I'm a little on the fence about exactly how to pull that off. But everything I read said, you're probably going to need to ask more than once. So put it multiple times in a post. But in the end, a call to action should convey value. So here's what you're going to get. If you can, provide a sense of urgency. Make it clear and concise. Tell them how to do what you want them to do. And this is where, again, you might want to have yourwebsite.com slash subscribe and have all the buttons there for the uh, Apple podcast app, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play when it arrives, all that, along with directions on how to subscribe on those. You need to... Take them by the hand and show them how and then make it easy. And that's where those step-by-step directions really come in handy. So that is today, as we're wrapping up our podcasting kind of top to bottom. We talked about headlines and how to generate great. Now, headlines, again, kind of come from the newspaper industry. In a podcast, it's the title of your show. And I've got a free resource for that, by the way. If you go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash headlines, it's got great tutorials, got a free PDF, as well as a couple videos on tools that will help you make headlines super duper easy. So we talked about that. We talked about your show intro. We talked about making sure you don't let people down and get to the point. And today, now that you've got them and you've delivered value, how do I do that call to action? And and I will say right here, my, my hand is up. You can't see it right now. It's hard to do a single call to action. But now that we have a target, we can try to hit it.
1: Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New
0: Year. One of the things I like to do on this show is play with technology. I love toys, always playing with new things. One of the reasons I have so many podcasts is because that way I have... Resources to play with these toys. And so a couple months ago, Podbean is a, a media host and they're not a bad media host. They're just not my favorite. My favorites are, are Libsyn and Blueberry. Spreaker is another great one. And Podbean would be probably like my fourth. Now that doesn't mean they're horrible. There are plenty of horrible hosts out there, but they're, um, they're okay. I, I use them for the clamor cast. And one of the things they added was crowdfunding. And so for the sake of argument, let's just say right now that the bar has been set the highest with a company called Patreon. Now, I had a member of the Patreon staff on the show a couple weeks ago. And again, if you subscribe to the show, see, there's that nasty word. If you want the back catalog, simply go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash iTunes, and you can hear that interview I did with them. And they're basically first when it comes to crowdfunding. Now, what is crowdfunding? This is where, unlike a donation or where somebody buys a product, this is an ongoing model where, unlike Kickstarter, where people raise money and then you go make the product, this is ongoing. And some companies have already come and gone and Patreon is still here. So Podbean, which again, primarily is a media host, recently launched the ability to have crowdfunding and I went over to check it out. And so here's what I found. What This is my opinion. Number one, it's easy to set up. That's the good news. You simply put in your RSS feed. That was the good news. For me, I also found it's almost impossible to edit certain things. Now, with Patreon, it's super easy to create a post. And you can kind of think of Patreon almost like Facebook, like a Facebook wall that you can post to, and you can pick who can see this and who can't, which is kind of cool. And what had me run away from the Podbean option is they don't have that option. And I was kind of like, wait a minute. So I actually sent them an email and I will give them credit. I got a quick reply and they kind of went, yeah, um, I see what you're trying to do there. And uh, we don't have that yet. We're adding it to the list. Which to me, I was kind of like, really? Wow, okay. Because to me, that kind of seems like uh, 101. They do have a comment section that you can kind of leave messages with your, your patrons. But I noticed what was the red flag on this when I watched their video tutorial. It was like things like t-shirts. Um, you can join our email list. There were all everything that was a reward was external. And I went, hmm. And that's when I emailed them. And so I was kind of like, uh, no. And I basically ran away and it was really easy to delete my crowdfunding and I switched over to Patreon again. They are kind of the uh, the top dog. And the, the thing that I couldn't get to was I was, um, when you put your RSS feed in and you basically tell them, hey, use this to get all the info. This was on a old, old podcast I have. And I was surprised to find out I was still using FeedBurner for the feed. Now, if you're new to the show, FeedBurner, is kind of like listening to eight-track tapes. Eight-track tapes were great back in the day. Back in the day! But uh, not so much anymore. And FeedBurner was a great idea in like 2006. Not so much anymore. And case in point, my artwork has been horked apparently in my feed. And so when they tried to pull it over, it wasn't there. And I went over and tweaked my artwork in FeedBurner. And yes, I will be moving that away uh, from FeedBurner in the future but uh, it didn't update the Patreon account. So there was no way to say, hey, that logo that is showing this weird blank image, no way to edit that unless I deleted it and then basically started from scratch. So that was uh, not cool. Now, Podbean did do some things that I wish Patreon would do, and that is they made it super easy to copy and paste some code and have a button that says, hey, become my patron. And it linked to your website. So if anyone from, you know, Patreon is listening, how about uh, making it super easy to have a nice Patreon logo, make it look good, get your people to make some stuff so I don't have to go out to Google Images and probably download an illegal image from somebody else. That would be really cool. The other thing that um, Patreon has that Podbean didn't have, besides the fact that you can't make like a private post, is Patreon has the... Tool of scarcity. And scarcity means, hey, get it while supplies last. So you can actually make a level in Patreon and say, if you want private coaching, you can get it at a reduced rate. There are only two people that can do that. So there is that scarcity uh, tool in Patreon. That was nowhere even remotely in the Podbean. So, like I say, once I figured out that I couldn't do a private, I ran, I did not walk, I ran away from this particular tool. Really nice people over there, but I was like, you know, to me, it was, what it's meant for is that people like, I really just want to give you money. Okay, because there are those people that do that. But all of the rewards were outside of Podbean, and I just kind of went, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, so in my uh, opinion at this point, I I was not a big fan of the Podbean and would not recommend it. If you're going to do crowdfunding right now, I would recommend the uh, use of Patreon. Now realize that anything you do, whether it's a product or a business or whatever it is, you're going to have to ask people to do that. You can't just create a Patreon account and have people just start, you know, it's not going to make it rain because (laughs) you uh, open up a Patreon account. And by that, I mean raining money. So, That is uh, that's my look at the Podbean crowdfunding tool. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download
1: at a time.
0: Last little bit of news. I want to uh, talk about Clamor. Now, Clamor is C-L-A-M-M-R.com because you know what? We hate Ease. You Ease, you stink. Get out of here. It's for the iPhone, but you can also do things on Clamor.com if you don't have an iPhone. And you can take 18 seconds of any audio and share it with everybody. It'll work on Twitter, it'll work on Facebook. It's a really cool tool. And the thing I like about the app is you can listen to Clamor. And if you hear a, a, a clip you like, you can like it, and it'll actually email you a link to where you can hear the whole show and links to the website that it came from. You can also now click on Uh, Listen right there. You can listen to the whole episode right there. And one of the things that kind of bummed me out, I switched from using the podcast app on the iPhone to Overcast. I love Overcast. But when I wanted to make a clamor of something, it became difficult. Well, now it's not. You can actually click on the share button. You know how you normally like click and share this to Dropbox or share it to Evernote or whatever. You can now share to Clamor. Now, for me, I usually go over and start Clamor first then share it, go over to Clamor, and you can basically go right to that audio file. You click a button, you can record the part that you want to share, and then boom, it goes right to your Clamor account. It's really pretty cool. So if you're a person that is using Pocket Cast, Overcast, anything that has a share button, you can now send that right to Clamor, and it will make it super easy to share. It's also integrated. I haven't played with this yet, Clamor now integrates with the PowerPress plugin. I have yet to install that and, and test it yet, but I did play with this sharing part on the app, and I really, really do like it. Now, if you want to hear what people are are using for Clamor, uh, go over to ClamorCast, and that dot com. That's a show I do where I count down the top 20 most liked audio clips, and uh, you can see how people are using it. Some of them, it's really interesting, and some of them make me scratch my head. So, That is going to do it for this episode of the School of Podcasting's Morning Announcements. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you had a great, uh, if you're in the U.S., hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And as we uh, head towards the holidays, I want to thank you so much because I realize your time is going to be busy. Maybe you're listening to this right now when you're walking around the mall. And um, as you listen to this, it is the 30th. This is the very last day that you can submit your, hey, my favorite podcast above everybody else. If I could only listen to one this is it. Go out to schoolpodcasting.com/ slash favorite. Do that right now. Speaking of calls to action, you can call it in. You can upload a file that you recorded. You can actually click on the speak pipe button. It's all there at schoolofpodcasting.com slash favorite. And uh, that clip will A, be played on this show, the very last episode of the year. It's also going to be converted into a book on Amazon, which will have a link to your website. So that is all. If you want to do that, now is the time. I did get a bunch of submissions, so thanks to everybody who's doing that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again next week with another episode of the School of Podcasting's morning announcements. Until then, class is dismissed. Take care, and God bless.